You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's my show. You might be mocking me or you might be staunchly agreeing with me. I can't tell. I'm mocking you. And the Bulldog. What is Fozzie Bear's role in this production? On WGR Sports Radio 550. Fozzie Bear. Bulldog not here to clarify that comment. Explain it. One of the all-time great Fozzies, Fozzie Bear. Glad to hear his name mentioned on the show today. It's been too long. Welcome back. Joining me now, Mike Shope here on the West Her Hotline, is Steve Reed, who covers the Carolina Panthers, among other teams, for the Associated Press. Steve, I'm Mike. Nice to have you on. Hey, Mike. Nice to be on. How you doing? Good. Thank you. I would say myself about the Panthers, like, say, a year ago, eventually landing on Baker Mayfield, I, I don't blame them for trying. You know, like, they weren't in really any any good position at quarterback. You got to do something. And here they are a year later, kind of in the same place uh, for the most part. And maybe it's Derek Carr this time. Before we get to Carr, how did you feel last year about about them, about the Mayfield idea eventually? Well, yeah, I, I thought it was a low-risk move. And honestly, this team has been, been kind of throwing darts at the dartboard. You know, I mean, uh, you, know, you guys up in Buffalo, you got Josh Allen. So, it's, it's you know, you just you don't even think about the quarterback situation. It's just it, it's solidified. In Carolina, it's just been the opposite. They haven't been able to find anybody that, you know, has, has – you know, the potential or has shown the potential to be a top-notch quarterback. Now, they drafted Matt Corral last year in the third round, um, and, and he went out and, and tore up his foot in the preseason. He was done for the season. Um, so, you know, the, the Sam Darnold really hasn't worked out well for them. Uh, Baker Mayfield certainly didn't work out well for them. Teddy Bridgewater before that. They even brought Cam Newton back. Um, that didn't work out. So yeah, it's it's still a search and search and rescue when it comes to the quarterback situation for him. So right now, you know they're they're in the spot where they got the number nine pick um, in the draft, and, and and they've talked about wanting to develop a younger quarterback. Um, Scott Fitter, their general manager, was out in Seattle when when um, you know they, they brought Russell Wilson in as a third round pick and developed him and ended up winning a Super Bowl. And, and he knows the importance of you know if you can if you can get a quarterback on a rookie contract you can do you can do so much more under the, the salary cap. So in terms of the in terms of the Derek Carr situation, you know I, I think you know it might be something they look at if the price is really really right. Um, I don't think they're would even think about overspending in this situation um, because I really think that they got their mind set on on going after a young quarterback and developing that way uh, through the draft. Okay. Yeah, that, that's interesting. It's it's funny how like Frank Reich is there, and Indianapolis and Carolina have been pretty much parallels here. Indianapolis had a little bit more success, and the veteran quarterbacks they've landed have been bigger names, like more accomplished players. But yep, yep. really, 
it's kind of very similar. And I think of the Colts, Steve, as okay, well, it's time for them to get a rookie, and they're in position to do that. It's time for the Jets to get a veteran because the rookie didn't work. You know, like teams operate that way. And Carolina is another where top 10 pick, it's just a matter of how the draft falls, I think, for the Panthers. Sure, and, and they've got a little bit of collateral where they can move up from that ninth spot, and there's you know some teams certainly willing to move out of that, uh, you know, that you know t- those top five picks. You know, Chicago's already... You know, there's, there's already reports that they would consider trading that number one pick. Now, how much you want to give up to move up to that spot, you know, that's that's a different question. But um, it's just, you know, right now I, th- I think this team, they, they like some of the quarterbacks coming out. They would really like to develop one of their younger guys. I'm not saying that they don't sign Carr, but it would have to be at a, at a price that's, that's that's reasonable, and I don't think you know some of the reports that I've you know heard what he's asking for here. I, I just don't see that fitting into their their development mode in terms of what how they want to you know build this franchise. Uh, you know, I, I I go back to the draft. I think they just want to bring in a guy who is you know who's going to be you know their long term future. And right now, you know, hey, listen, Derek Carr. I mean, he's 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 had his chance. You know, I mean, you look at his record. It's I think it's 63 and 79 might be mistaken on that, but uh, his overall record is starting quarterback. You know, he's never won a playoff game. You know, he's been in the league nine years and, and, and not won a postseason game. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, I know he's a big name and out all that out there, but you know, what has he really done? And, uh, you know, I think that's something that they got to evaluate, you know, in potentially bringing in a 32 year old, you know, I also think, you know, if, if they were so interested in him, they would have been on the phone a little bit earlier. You know, I, I think it's kind of, you know, like I said, it goes back to, you know, hey, you know, they would consider this guy to kick, kick the tires here if it was the right price, and that price, you know, would be, would have to be a low one in my opinion. Right. How much is it? How much is this going to cost me? <laughs> Just find yeah. out. Might as well call yeah. and find out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, you know, you, you look at, like, you know, Baker Mayfield, like, look at last year. I mean, they only end up paying a little over $4 million. Actually, a little less than that because they cut him with a few weeks right. left, left in the season. But you know, when when they when they traded for him, they were only going to pay four million out of out of that um, eight, eighteen million that he was going to make because you know Baker took a pay cut and then the Browns agreed to pay about ten million. So you know, it, it, it was a low risk move and it just didn't work out. You know, it was kind of a you know, hey, we're, we're worth a shot in the dark, but you know, it, it certainly yeah. didn't work out here. I, I think it was worth it too. Uh, Steve Reed covers the Panthers for the AP here on WGR on Twitter at Steve Reed AP. By the way, you mentioned Corral in passing there as part of the uh, the quarterback room. Atlanta, Desmond Ritter got a look. Sam Howell eventually in Washington got a look. These similarly, what, third round uh, prospects. Malik Willis did two in Tennessee and then was replaced by a guy off the street in a must-win game. Corral was hurt, so he didn't have – He, I, I would think, Steve, I guess I'm asking this – He's on the field last year if he's not injured. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At some point, <laughs> because of the injuries they had. You know, I mean, you know, you look back at last year, and, you know, Sam Darnold missed the first half of the season because of a ankle injury. Uh, Baker was struggling so bad at the beginning of the season. Then he suffered an ankle injury. P.J. Walker came in. Believe it or not, he suffered an ankle injury. Like, ankle injuries are like, you know, it, 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 it's some kind of uh, crazy thing happening in Charlotte sports, you know, and uh, I go off on a tangent here, but last night, LaMelo ball, right. His ankle, right. you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's been, 
this really weird thing with ankle injuries in Charlotte's pro, uh, pro sports athletes, and it's just kind of consumed the, the city, and everybody's like, what is going on? You know, mm-hmm. And so all three of those quarterbacks you know, injured their ankle, and then Matt Corral hurt his foot. So, if yeah, at some point last season, Matt Corral would have definitely got a look if he had been, you know, not on injured reserve, season-ending injured reserve, and then, you know, had out been been you know out with that foot injury. So, so you know, I, I think there's some hope that you know he could he could come out and, and and show them something in training camp. But I also think when you got that number nine pick right now, I, I, the the last couple times they passed on a quarterback when they've been drafting that high, and they got some decent players. But I think you know this year. I, I think it's imperative they go they go get a quarterback. I happen to like uh, Corral last yeah. year. We're talking about the draft. He was at Ole Miss and he got hurt in the bowl game yeah. against Baylor. And like, oh, that's really bad for him. But he was kind of my favorite of those guys there for a minute, but didn't get the chance. So he may be relevant. Is the bottom line here, depending on yeah, what absolutely. happens. And, and- yeah, and he's got a strong arm. I mean, he, he I've, I've watched him, you know, in the you know in the mini camps and in training camp. I mean, he can put the ball out there. He can make the NFL throws. Um, not the biggest guy, not the tallest quarterback, but you know, there, there's something there. Um, you know, I think he he certainly deserves a look. Now, are they going to go into the season and bank on him being the quarterback? No, you know, I I, I don't see that happening. But they want to see what he can do. You know, get out there and play a little bit and and, and see what they got in him. Um, and hopefully develop him along with, you know, potentially a first-round draft pick along the way. With Steve Reed from the AP who covers the Carolina Panthers, Mike Shope here on WGR. Well, one thing about all in this quarterback equation, Steve, is I think you'd agree they could win. Like if, say, say it ends up at Carr, who you know is at least decent, like he's okay, mm-hmm. and with the, the young players they have, love DJ Moore, you know, Horn, different guys on that team. A few teams like this. The Jets are a little bit like this. But the division that Carolina is in is like, I mean, I think they'd be the favorite if they signed Carr, depending on what else happens. I think they'd be the favorite. Very potentially. I mean, yeah, you look at the quarterbacks in this division right now, um, and it's, it's it's yeah, it's gone from pretty good to, you know, when it, when it was, uh, you know, uh, Tom Brady and, you know, Drew Brees and Matt Ryan and uh, Cam had just left with, with, with Carolina, but um, you know, I mean, there was a there was a time where there was some pretty darkened quarterbacks here, and then all of a sudden it's like, what 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 is going on? And you look at last year, I mean, it was you know a war of attrition. Whoever was going to win that that uh, NFC South, and you know, the, the, listen, the Panthers had it right in their grasp. All they had to do was really beat the Bucks, and uh, they went down to Tampa Bay and lost in week. Uh, 17 and then you know that was it the bucks you know clinched it but um the panthers had they won that they were in they were in the driver's seat to to win this division with a losing record um right. and uh and they were up 14 nothing weren't they yeah and it, it, you know it was just and then all of a sudden it was just you know tom brady decided to play and you know they just crushed them and so um yeah and then that that you know there went the season but th- this is a team that is really built around a, a pretty decent defense. And um, one of the things they've really done this offseason, which I like, is they've gone out and got a really experienced coaching staff. I like the Frank Reich hire. There's a lot of people that aren't happy about them letting go of Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach um, from last year, who was 6-6. Six and six. A lot of people liked what he had done, and I agree he did a good job. But I do like the, right, the Frank Reich hire. I also like that he's gone out and put guys around him 
like Jim Caldwell and Dom Capers, guys who have been former head coaches. They've hired, um, you know, guys who, you know, position coaches like Sean Jefferson, Deuce Staley, guys who have been around the league. Um, it's a really, really experienced coaching staff. Um, they've hired game management um, a coach. They've hired, uh, you know, they've bulked up their front office. Uh, David Tepper's doing everything he can to help this team win. And really, Mike, what it comes down to is the guy under center. They, they need the guy under center. I mean, you take Josh Allen, you put him down here in Carolina, and all of a sudden, right, they're a, they're, they're a pretty darn good football team because they got a good defense, they got some weapons, and but they, they need the quarterback. They, they need the quarterback. They would be the NFC favorite. Like, yeah. the, the imbalance between the conferences at quarterback lately is crazy. Now you might have Rodgers leaving. I guess we thought that could happen last year, too. And, I mean, Hurts really did smash this year, yeah. but, man, like the – we talk about this all the time, Steve, the AFC, you know, so many elite quarterbacks or just guys who are right there. I mean, I, Derek Carr, for me, I don't know, like it's money, but he's got a few teams that might be interested, and he might look very different in the in the NFC, out of the AFC West, out of Mahomes' shadow, or even Justin Herbert's. Russell Wilson was supposed to be good, and that didn't happen, but I don't know, it's such an imbalance right now. Interesting. Sure. Yeah, very possible. And, you know, and, and people forget that, you know, uh, his brother was here for a year in Carolina in okay. 2007. Uh, yeah, David Carr. So, uh, you know, he played here for, I think he started four games, went one and three as a starter. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, listen, hey, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. They are going to meet with him this week, kind of kick the tires on him when they're up in Indianapolis. The Jets are also going to meet with him. The Saints are there as well. Um, you know, and part of this could be to, you know, see, seeing what, you know, what his asking price is. And, you know, if the Saints are really interested in getting them, you know, maybe driving up the asking price a little bit for the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, teams do that certainly within their division and, you know, make it more difficult, you know, for their, for their division rivals. But, you know, it, it, listen, it would not be a terrible hire, but I, I just, you know, if it's you know, a terrible signing, if it's, if it's at the right price, I just don't see them going and spending twenty something million dollars a year on Derek Carr. I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I think they're more uh, inclined to just go through the draft and, and build that way. A minute or two more with Steve Reed, if you have it, Steve. I, I wanted to ask you about running back. We're always having the, the the debates now in football about the the value of running back. Carolina was an interesting example with Christian McCaffrey, as great as he is. You know, they it didn't really seem to help that much in the win column, as great as he is. And that's, of course, a point that gets debated all the time, which is fine. You know, I'm a big fantasy player, and I'm trying to figure out where the best landing spot is for Bijan Robinson, the considered best running back in this draft. And Carolina is my favorite answer. Um, it would probably, I don't know if it would have to be the first round. It probably couldn't, it seems like nine is crazy, and the second round is probably too late. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it doesn't fit, but. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that by you that I think like, again, I'm thinking maybe car, but that's maybe not what happens. I don't know. I like, I like this, my, my imaginary vision of the Panthers that have, it has that receiving core and car and Bijan Robinson. Um, if you don't have, I don't know what there is to ask about him to Carolina to ask you, but maybe you have a thought on the whole, like the, the whole premise, like that running backs, I don't know. Like, what did what did Carolina learn from the Christian McCaffrey years? Well, I I, th- I think what they kind of learned, and this may go a little bit against your theory, but I think they learned is you don't have to spend huge money because when they when they when they 
re-signed uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, to an extension. He, he became the highest-paid running back in the league. And, you know, so they did that. They put all that money in, and guess what? He got hurt. You know, it's a position that guys get hurt at. Right. It's just a fact. Uh, probably more so than any position in the league, right, because you're taking such a banging. Um, but, you know, I, I think they, you know, when you got a guy who you – pretty much got off the street. I mean, he's a free agent, you know, and Deontay Foreman, and he comes in and, and plays as well as he did, you know, ran for more than 900 yards in nine games. Um, you know, he, he played pretty damn good football, and and, and he's, he's a free agent again this year. He's a guy that they want to bring back. Um, I, I think that's their thinking is like, you know, maybe we shouldn't tie up a lot of money, a lot of resources at, at this position because you can get guys. You know, you can get guys – you know, the, I don't want to say they're dime a dozen, but you can you can find some running backs who who are going to help you out as long as you got a good blocking scheme, and and their offensive line. Well, the the one thing you got to say about Carolina is the the offensive line went from horrible to really good last year. It was a good offensive line. They're they're they, they got to work a little bit on pass protection, but um, as in terms of running the football, they did really well. Um, they, you know, they added a lot of guys. They had Austin Corbett from the Rams, Bradley Bozeman, uh, from the Ravens, and they drafted, um, uh, Icky Ekwanu, right. um, with a top 10 pick from NC State. And those guys all panned out really well. And so their offensive line is, is, is now one of the strengths of this team. And they feel like they can run the football. You know, Chuba Hubbard was a guy who's back and he'll see action next year, too. So I, I just think, you know, really it's, this organization, Mike, is so set on finding that quarterback. And once they find that quarterback, they feel like, you know what, we, we can we can find some running backs to fit in this offense. Oh, 100%. That completely, perfectly subscribes to my theory, actually. Like, uh, even McCaffrey. McCaffrey was someone that I thought was treated as an exemption to, yeah. the, to this rule. It was so much money. But like, you know, there, there was resistance to, no, I wouldn't have signed Christian McCaffrey. Like, when Zeke signed with Dallas, everybody yeah. left. But... Yeah. But not McCaffrey, who is still great, and he went to San Francisco and was great. You know, fine, fine. But, yeah, Foreman was really nice there. And I, I wouldn't draft B. John Robinson. Steve, he's mocked to the Bills constantly. Like, the, yeah. the the Bills have a pretty good team here, as you know. And running back has kind of been so-so. So these draft guys constantly want to put B. John Robinson here, it seems. And that might happen. I mean, the Bills have been hot for different running backs, but I, I would hate it. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I was, I was, you know, when when McCaffrey was, it was kind of obvious that they were going to start to look to move him. I thought Buffalo might have been, you know, a good option for him, you know, because you know, boy, you put him in that offense, you start thinking, wow, you know, yep. you, you could you could pass the ball. You look at all your options in the passing game. You can run the ball. I mean, who's going to stop this team? But um, you know, obviously, Buffalo didn't show a whole lot of interest in. McCaffrey ends up at San Francisco, and he, he played great. Again, he's he's an extremely productive player. Um, he could do so many things for you. Um, but, you know, uh, do you build your team around a running back these days? No, you got to have a quarterback. Right. Yeah, it turns out what they needed him to be able to do in San Francisco was pass at the in the end. <laughs> right. and yeah, I, when, I, you, when you have no one who can pass. <laughs> right. I guess they found his, his limitation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very nice conversation, Steve. I enjoyed it. Thanks for your time. Anytime, Mike. All right. Steve Reed on Twitter, at Steve Reed, R-E-E-D-A-P. Interesting team, Carolina. I, 
it, it sounded maybe like I was sort of trying to convince him of Derek Carr. Is it because this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance? Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That draft we did, maybe it is. I drafted Derek Carr to Carolina. Well, he sounds like it's not going to happen didn't, if you were listening, Dan Leberfeld sound much the same way yesterday about Carr? God, I don't want to be critical. I mean, he, he's, both these guys, like Dan I've known a long time too, but they both referenced Derek Carr's record. You, you, know, you know what? If you want to look at stats like that, let me go get the Raiders' rankings on defense the last 10 years. Like, they're horrendous. They've had the worst defense in the NFL overall for like a decade. And it's funny to me because for a long – I said this the other day. I, I've, like, been the Derek Carr critic a little bit. Like, not that we talk about him that often, but the one year he was an MVP candidate, I'm like, just stop. Ended up in arguments about him. You know, there's always one guy, it seems, that I think everybody else is just wrong about. So I, I was like, no, he's not actually great guy when it came to Derek Carr. And now this month, I feel like I'm his – like his manager. Like, I just – his promoter. Because – I think the Jets, the Panthers, and the Saints all go right to the playoffs if they have him. They go right to the playoffs. And these are like perennial losers. Less so the Saints, I guess. But, you, you know, like they, I think they go right to the playoffs with Carr. Way more so than Will Levis or somebody. Like, the Jets aren't going to do that. So, I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't I, – I can't say i never do it, but the, the record point – just doesn't really for it doesn't work for me like there's just way more to it and what he's won he's responsible for that but only to a point 
So maybe maybe I'm wrong because I can't seem to find anybody in our Rolodex here who wants to tell me that they want their team to sign Derek Carr. It must be a me problem. Sal Capaccio at five. Lines are open now. 803-0550. Want to talk running back? That idea, it's my favorite. Uh, Derek Carr, the Sabres, good too. Trade deadline week. A lot on that yesterday. This is Mike Shope on WGR. We're confident in the guys that we have. I really liked some of what Shakir did last season for us, and I think he'll take another step for us this offseason into year two, and uh, so, that, so that'll be a big thing for us. But we look at every position just like we do every year, and if we think a player can help us, you know, ideally we're in a position come draft time where you can take the best player available. Sean McDermott, you know, I'll just ask. Maybe you guys uh, think you know. <laughs> We'll see what happens if there's any response to this, the way I'm setting it up. Like, he's talking about Shakir and taking another step. It's this usually the Sabres that have annoyed me in this area over the years, but like they're, they're part of the Bills thing right now is the perception that McDermott or just the Bills don't give rookies enough of a look. Like that's one of the takeaways from this year. And Shakir is as big a part of that as anybody. Like, McDermott's talking about how he was impressed with him and how hopefully he'll take another step. Like, is there a blind spot here to maybe he was already taking a step that could have helped you? Like, the Bills, I think it's a fair word. The Bills became so desperate at receiver that they're going into their past twice to find guys who played prominent roles, especially Beasley, toward the end. And Shakir was right there. So I want to be a little bit careful. I have been always a little bit careful in assuming that, oh, well, he should have played. I mean, that's kind of the way fans tend to talk. And I would say to a fan, well, how do we know what his practice habits were like? Or how do we know just what... Any, anything like that, playbook, anything like that. Things that might have made it fair that he didn't play for the player that he appears to be or appeared to be. But I think it's also fair to sort of to, to at least question that. Like, just... it's The, the, the reason I mentioned the Sabres is they're all, they're anytime they want, this is not really a thing right now because, like, things are happy and good, but... These last 10 years, 10, 11 years, or even before that, anytime they want, anytime they want, they can hide behind the word development. Why isn't so-and-so on the team? Development. He needs to develop. And we've got our own way of doing that and sort of scripting that. And so he needs to develop so he's not here. And I just hate that because some of the media just accept it when we don't really know what it means. Like, what what do you mean development? And sometimes, you know, certain people would be specific. It's not that they necessarily don't give specifics, but they don't need to because it's usually just kind of okay to say he needs to develop. Depending on his age, you know, anybody's like right out of the NHL draft, oh, they need to develop. So I wouldn't play him in Buffalo. Like, just because without knowing really anything about their personality or like only a little bit, only only some amount of information about like how filled in they are physically. A lot of, a lot of things. 
the team can always just take a question about a young player that doesn't play and say development. And McDermott just did that. Like he did that today on Shakir. He would do that every time probably on Shakir. Well, what do we have? He was a fifth round pick. So he was never somebody that it would have been conspicuous if they didn't play, right? Like it was pretty much maybe a little bit toward the end when they were going back to their alumni association for starters, but you know, pretty much it was never conspicuous that Shakir didn't start or didn't play very much because he was a fifth round pick. If he'd been a second round pick like James Cook was, who also didn't play very much actually today, Brandon Bean is talking about more touches for James Cook. You know how many he had? He had 6.4 a game. If he gets eight touches a game, that's more. Like, it doesn't have to be a lot for him to get more. So more isn't saying very much. But, you know, I don't expect Bean to need to be specific today about that. They'll have somebody else here, I, I would assume, at running back to go with Cook. But again, development. So what do we have? We had a guy who was a fifth-round pick. I found, without looking very hard, people who were really into him. Some of my favorite draft guys were like, ooh, this is nice. And the Bills have shown with Davis, for example, that you don't need to be a day one, day two pick to be good in this offense. Like you can, you can serve. And Shakir, like okay, I mean, I, he wasn't a slam dunk, but I found people right away that were like into him. So I've, I've, I've got a live one. Then camp starts, and you hear some things. You know this, this and that kind of highlights. Preseason, this is Bulldog's voice in my head, he caught everything. Like in the preseason, he was great. It's a little more harsh than I want to be to say that the Bills or that McDermott or that Ken Dorsey didn't care about that or didn't respect that or I wouldn't say they didn't notice it. It's just, was there ever a chance he would be on the field in a prominent role last season? They needed somebody... He looked good when he was out there. Going back to even August, what would it have taken? Was there ever a scenario where Khalil Shakir would have played a a more prominent role for the Bills? Was it just not possible because he's a rookie, and now we're going to year two, and guys, he took a step. He needs to develop and take another step. Okay. Okay. I just hate that though because I guess I really I really want to nail this. Like I'm I'm talking like and you can maybe hear it in me that I that I have sort of a cause here that that I'm that I'm feeling that I'm working on like let the young guys play. What has happened in sports? What has happened in hockey with the rosters? They've gotten a lot younger. And guess what? Not that this is exactly the point, but the game is, by the way, great. <laughs> like, it's great. It, it's a little bit of a bummer that these these trends have happened in sports toward young players because as much of as much as anything else, because of money, because they're cheaper. Baseball, really. Like, base, baseball teams, nobody wants, like, the 30-year-old players that aren't stars because they've got tenure, they've, they've got, you know, a higher minimum salary, you have to pay them two or three times or whatever more than the rookies. And when the rookie 
especially in the data world, looks like just as good or better. Well, why would you ever not do that? Or not rookie necessarily, but young guy who's way younger. Like, why would you not make that choice? So there's a little bit, I'm, I'm trying to be careful not to be too pointed toward McDermott or toward the Bills, because I don't think I can be. But there definitely is a school of thought in pro sports, and maybe in football most of all, how you have to earn it. Like you have, it's the military. Football has always been like the military, how it sounds. Like just that you have to put your time in, kind of. And I feel like that that's suboptimal. And I think last year's Bills might be a really good example of that, as good as they were. With Elam, perhaps. With Cook, perhaps. With Shakir, perhaps most of all. Shakir's the number one. They needed his talent, but they didn't use it. So what am I missing? Anybody think they know? What am I missing? Am I way off? Oh, you forgot that he missed this practice, or that he even if he missed the practice, I don't think I would care. You forgot that he dropped this pass. He did have a drop in, was it Miami or New England? He had a, one of those games late in the playoffs of the week before. He had a big drop. It had to be Miami. The Miami game. It was the deep ball. But then he caught another one after that. This play, this great play that Allen made deep on, down the seam to Shakir, and he caught that. I mean, they're going to drop passes. Don't tell me Davis doesn't drop passes. I don't know. What am I missing, guys? 803-0550 is the number. I, I have friends, and I know we've gotten calls, too, from people who think that this is a point. That this is a fair point about McDermott and the Bills. And I just I don't feel like I have the case exactly shut on it, but... Anecdotally, just there are examples here where I don't really want to hear him talk about Shakir taking a step forward in a season where they brought Brown and Beasley back. And when when we saw Shakir from the get-go look dynamite, maybe he already had that step forward that you needed. Maybe. And now Hodgins is on the Giants. (laughs) I just, like, wide receiver, man. They've been at the same time. They've been great. This passing game, this offense, for three years, they've been really great. But I say it all the time, it's fragile. And they broke. <laughs> that, that did happen. Here's Ray with us. Hi, Ray. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I agree with you about uh, the development thing in the Bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm wondering if what your thoughts are, because I don't think that running back from Texas is going to be around when the Bills draft. So... I was reading about Leonard Fournette today. What's your thoughts on him? He's 28. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He's a good, solid running back. He worked well with Brady. I'm just thinking it might be something to look into. I read, and I think I knew this, but I know I, I want to be able to cite it for you, Ray, that he was one of the worst-graded runners in the NFL. I think it's over for Fournette. Um, that doesn't mean that he won't get an opportunity somewhere, but I would not want him for the Bills. Here it is. Uh, thanks, Ray, from Jared Smola of Draft Sharks. 3.7 yards per carry, okay. 41st in PFF elusive rating under 51 among 51 qualifiers. 45th in next-gen stats, rush yards over expected per attempt. I know there are always, I mean, this is like, you know, Greek to a lot of people. And often to me, like just these stats are sometimes so confusing what they are, but essentially what they are are advanced 
analyses of how the individual is doing given sort of normalizing different circumstances and trying to take out a lot of the other noise. So I respect the the, the, the effort, <laughs> whether they're all perfect. I doubt they're all perfect, but I'm not here for Fournette. Like I just, I, I wouldn't have been when Jacksonville cut him. When, I, when was that? Two or three years ago, at least two. Uh, did he play two years for Tampa or three? I don't know, whichever. But Jacksonville cut him, and we talked about Leonard Fournette for a day, and I didn't want him then. I, I just, yeah, no. Who do I want, though? I need to be able to answer that. Um, Because Cook will be here, but he won't be alone. Singletary is up. There will be some, like Fournette is, there will be some uh, like known guys who come free. Maybe Ezekiel Elliott would be one. Maybe Dalvin Cook would be one. Guys like that, like stars, that will come free because it's bad math for their teams. And it's possible that one of those guys, would, would I would like it. They're not all terrible or anything. They're not all re- easily replaceable. Some are, some are better than others. Barkley... But you also have to consider the cost, and like Barkley, well, if he comes free, which he might, that's going to be a big investment, and I would hate that. I don't want to make a big investment. So I kind of want to just play it slow and be careful here. Like I, I'm the guy who said all year that Duke Johnson is the best running back on the team, and I still want to say that. Again, accounting for the, the things that we don't get to see, the access we don't have, practices and just like – a real scrutiny of his play. Again, though, just like when he was with Miami the year before, when he got on the field, you saw a little bit of something, and the Bills didn't really have a lot of something. Plus, they traded for Hines and didn't give the ball to him, or very often throw the ball to him. Like He was kind of not a part of their offense. So this kind of is a little bit dysfunctional, you know, when you look at it a certain way. Receiver, running back, a lot of different people. Some got away. Some didn't play that looked like they could have been helpful. Easy to say. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Not great, though, overall. Not great. 
you know, the offense was great. <laughs> I'm not saying the offense wasn't great, but maybe it could have been significantly better with some different choices. That's That I think is fair. I want to end up on fair. Thanks again, Ray. Sal Capaccio just after 5 tonight here on WGR. Sorry, just filling out a uh, rental car experience survey. Not that you mind with this playing. I mean, I, I think it's probably better to listen to that than have me talk, but I guess there are places you can go uh, to hear the whole song. Yeah, just filling out a rental car experience report. I may have a story for you in the coming uh, days. I may have a story for you. Leslie Frazier was the Bills' defensive coordinator for six years, fairly quietly, and I, that's probably because they were always good. <laughs> like the, He's been here with Sean McDermott 2017 to now, and you know, like there were moments, and in the playoffs it didn't go very well overall, which is why we've been talking about this offseason so far whether he should be back. Now we learn today he won't be. But it's not because, and Brandon Bean did uh, clarify this or confirm this, it's not because the Bills wanted to make a change. Like it was, they, Their plan was to have Frazier back, and it was last week, I believe, Bean said that everybody took a break, and Frazier called him and wanted to take a step back, was how Bean put it. Didn't explicitly say, take a year off, and as Bean described it today, said they got to that, that conclusion, that decision together, that he would take a year off. He'll be, he wants to coach in 24, uh, and that might not even be here. That could be somewhere else. So six years as defensive coordinator for the Bills, one year shy of the record. This is something I had to look up. I can think of a lot of defensive coordinators, but really couldn't think of any that I knew were here as long as Frazier, and it's because there really aren't any except for one guy. Jerry Gray might have gone five. He was four or five, Jerry Gray, under Greg Williams. And then maybe Malarkey. I think Gray stayed on with Malarkey in uh, 04. Walt Corey served seven years as the Bills' defensive coordinator under Marv. Walt Corey, who died in October. That's the most. So the defensive coordinator title didn't come around until the mid-'80s. And I don't know if... That was different, like team to team, or just how or why that changed. But 19, or I'm sorry, 70s. Did I say 80s? I meant 70s. Uh, Richie McCabe, 1976, according to profootballhistory.com, the first ever Bills defensive coordinator. And then the first one who, I mean, Catlin was here under Knox. That's before my time, pretty much, but I know his name, Tom Catlin. Um, Hank Bulla, before, or maybe while he was the head coach, 85. Then um, Walt Corey to Wade, to Ted Cottrell, who was successful, to Gray when Wade was fired and Cottrell left too, to Perry Fuel. Now we get into some some names. To George Edwards, that's under Gailey, I guess, 10-11. To Dave Wanstead for one year. To Mike Pettin for one year under Marone. To Jim Schwartz for one year under Marone, then he left. To Dennis Thurman under Rex, 
to Frazier. Dennis Thurman, it's a good little trivia, who the defensive coordinator of the Bills was before Leslie Frazier was Dennis Thurman. And it's funny, they're both defensive backs who had good NFL careers a long time ago. <laughs> Thurman, Thurman was with Dallas in the 70s and 80s, and then Frazier was, you know, that's the 85 Bears. It's just funny that that uh, was the case, but that's uh, defensive coordinator history right there that you didn't even have to sign up for. No application necessary, no fee, no forms or anything. You just you just sit in your car and you, you, you get, you're part of the class. You, you're privy to the class, to the instruction. Sal Capaccio after sports. This is Mike Shope on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.